welcome to Simplifying DevOps, a podcast sponsored by CDW. I'm your host, Rachel Leary. This series is dedicated to breaking down the concepts and methodologies of DevOps, as well as the world known as digital transformation. We're looking to cut through the noise and break down barriers of learning for individuals who may not be developers or engineers. Hi, welcome back to Simplifying DevOps. This is Rachel Airy and Mitch Krombach, and today with us we have Drew Shanahan from CDW. Hey, Drew. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Um, so, you know, kind of give us a little bit of an intro. Tell us about your background. Tell us about your role today and, and how you got there. Sure, yeah. Um, I've been at CDW for about 16 years now. I'm a uh, practice architect as part of our software solutions team. I've had many different roles here at CDW, everything from a, a field engineer, consultant, to a pre-sales architect, and now I'm a practice architect. Uh, previous to that, I've had a bunch of different roles. I've, I've had real jobs in the past. I have been uh, engineers, administrators, help desks, so my field is, my background is pretty technical, typically. Uh, so I won't go back into my, my history, because it goes back pretty far. Uh, but primarily today at CDW, I focus in on developing our services and solutions for Azure. I've also done uh, work around uh, Windows 10, so client uh, management, mobility, client virtualization. Uh, but yeah, for the last couple of years, I've been primarily doing Azure, Azure services, solutions, DevOps, uh, a bunch of different variety of, of things. Perfect. You're hitting uh, all the buzzwords there, Drew. So um, we actually want to specifically talk to you about the cloud. Um, so we're starting to go down this route of DevOps. We're looking at how organizations can become more agile. They are re-architecting applications into microservices, and you really can't have that discussion without talking about the cloud, right? So. We want to position the cloud as a tool in DevOps um, and take advantage of all the, I'm going to sound repetitive here, but the advantages, the features that cloud can bring to DevOps. Can you talk about how you've started to see companies start to leverage the cloud uh, when they start to adopt a DevOps mentality or frameworks? Sure. Yeah. Um, with I mean, with cloud, I'll, I'll try not to go too back in history, but I like to use uh, past history as an example of what to expect in the future. Uh, so a lot of our customers that got started using cloud, probably, probably mostly unbeknownst to themselves in using cloud, and that would be using like Office 365, so using email, SharePoint for collaboration. Um, and I mean, those basic services were offloaded over to the cloud. And that usually sets the customer up on a path to consume more cloud, right? So once they have their, their email and their identities up in the cloud, the rest is usually pretty much a natural progression for using more cloud services. Because um, once they kind of get over those preconceived notions and roadblocks around like security and availability and pricing, then it just becomes much, much easier to use more and more cloud services. So now we're starting to see more of the infrastructure side. So now we've gotten rid of all of that collab stuff and a lot of the identity stuff that's already laying the groundwork for introducing other cloud services. So most of your traditional, you know, non-cloud first customers, 
they are, you know, they have a very huge investment of the their infrastructure on-prem, which they're not always willing to give up as easily, and it typically takes a lot longer time. Um, and it's piece by piece, right? So it's not always a huge shift all at one time. It's a natural progression over time as the opportunities arise. So let's say that you do have an application that's coming up for renewal, um, and you have a choice between buying all this hardware to do a hardware refresh to support this new application, or you have the option of using cloud. And it may just be using IaaS. So, you know, you, you weigh your pros and cons, what's the advantages, what's the disadvantages, and then you decide, okay, well, let's let's use the cloud. Let's at least start with like some IaaS, right? Run some VMs. Uh, we can host it up in Azure, or AWS, or whatever your flavor of the month is. And, you know, now all of a sudden, now you're running your workloads in, in the cloud. So that's usually the, the first big step is running usually a VM. Um, but from there, it's, it's also then an easier, also a natural progression as well to start introducing little bits here and there using services. So I may have a database that I have to run somewhere. Okay, well, why do I need a VM? Let's run that as a, as a backend database service, right? So forego all of that additional overhead that I need to do with management maintenance, right? So any DBA would say, yes, please do, because I don't want to deal with that stuff anyhow. I just want to consume it. I don't want to have to worry about, you know, patch levels and drivers and so on and so forth. So that's, that's an easy progression next step is to start consuming, especially around data. Data is a big, it's a big uh, source of gravity, right? And gravity will tend to consume other services and other applications and uh, use cases. So, you know, once you start having your data as a service, that's, that's usually also a next step. But parts of these things, as you start consuming the services, the important part with that too is the automation. So the infrastructure's code is, hey, I need to deploy this thing. I'm in the cloud now. Why don't I just automate it? Why don't I script it? So a lot of the use cases that we see with our customers now is doing the automation. And that's not just cloud, but also on-prem. So they may be using a cloud service like Azure DevOps or automation, but they're doing stuff like even spinning up VMs on-prem, right? So you can integrate into your, into vSphere, into VMware, and you can build out an entire hybrid infrastructure very quickly by utilizing some of the tools that the cloud provides. And these are tools that you would typically not always want to run on-prem, right? You can, I mean, you can't do other stuff with like Terraform or Ansible or whatnot, which is also hybrid, um, but it's the easier path to adoption is to, not do all all or nothing it's like hey let's start small let's do this thing that we can integrate into our process it can span into the cloud we can host it wherever we want and then from there you know you just start automating and in many cases we start automating you know also on unbeknownst to a lot of our customers is there you go you just started doing devops and you know i know devops can be a scary word for a lot of a lot of people, but you know, that is also an easier way to start adoption of these processes, of these tools, um, of just changing their culture on how they, you know, how they approach that. Uh, just 
you know, the easiest probably process that we all start off with is building servers and creating users. If we can at least start automating those, usually everything else kind of follows after that. That makes sense. I love hearing the progression of, you know, the history of over time as uh, folks have started to adopt cloud and, and started to realize different practices like infrastructure as code that they can utilize to make themselves successful. And I think it's cool because you go back and you look and what was AWS founded in, in like 2002, 2005, like the early 2000s. And, and we saw a lot of, of organizations who were basically doing that old simple migration, that lift and shift of, of moving a VM or an application. And like you said, dropping it directly into the cloud, but maybe they hadn't um, you know, thought about how they were going to leverage all of those applications, or, or they hadn't thought that, that uh, an application that was built on-prem is not necessarily as efficient as it could be in the cloud. And what we're seeing now is, um, and what Cloud Native shows us, is that how organizations adopt the cloud maybe matters more than them getting in there in the first place. And, and we see um, a lot of the, the top performers who are adopting you know, different principles like infrastructure as code and DevOps principles and how they design their, their applications in order to be kind of more cloud native, more cloud ready. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because it's once you get to the cloud, then all of a sudden you realize the access that you have to these services that are there it's like, well, why wouldn't we use that? You know, why, why wouldn't I, uh, you know, use some of these, um, you know, services that we have, it, 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 you know, it's going to save me a whole lot of hassle and time and, and effort um, just by like, you know, hey, why can I convert this into a container? Or, you know, why can't I just automate this or, you know, run it in, um, you know, as a function, you know, just to, just to get off of that, that overhead of doing those processes and just that day-to-day -day maintenance. And that's, the, the, I think the biggest thing is, you know, hey, how can we shift the, the engineers and the admins away from doing that, you know, non-value at work to get them to do these other steps and um, functions that are really add a lot more value. So just, just the availability or the potential access to these services is, is you know, it's easier for a lot of customers to make the justification to start adopting them that way as the, as opposed to the traditional method of, hey, I'll just spin up a server. That that should be the last thing you do nowadays is spinning up a new server. They should yeah. be looking as like, hey, can I can I put this in the as a service instead of as a VM? So what are some of the other um, principles, if you will, or, or kind of key things to consider when, when someone wants to make an application cloud native or they want to take their organization more cloud native. We know infrastructure is code, sounds like leveraging services, maybe platform as a service and cloud as well. Like what are, what are some of those key considerations someone should utilize? I mean, when you're looking at an application, you know, is it in-house or is it off the shelf? You know, is this something that you're going to develop yourself? If you're going to develop yourself, fantastic. You know, that's becoming almost the norm now instead of, you know, buying something. Um, you know, you have to consider, you know, where are my users at? Who, who needs to access this application? Where are they? Um, because lots, lots of cases with cloud, it just comes down to is I can't put, I can't put a data center over in Asia. You know, if I have a big, you know, if I have a, if I need a global reach, I, there's no way I, I'm going to build up like, you know, four data centers to support users across the world. Um, you know, and cloud, cloud gives you that, that, that reach. It gives you that availability. 
uh, you also have to ask for is how much, how much availability do I need? Do I need this thing to be running 24 seven with almost no downtime? Um, you know, that also adds a lot of extra cost into your equation for your application. You know, what do I actually need to be able to support that? Can I support that? You know, as opposed to cloud, cloud actually has all of those, well, many of the services has high availability already baked into it. And in many cases, it's just a checkbox, right? So that's, that's like super easy then, if you're, especially if you're gonna develop your own application. You don't have to worry about all that infrastructure. Uh, security is another one. Security is also, you know, a big consideration is, you know, do I want to do all of that security stuff on my own equipment, on my own infrastructure? Again, in, in the cloud, typically that stuff is already available and or they give you the mechanisms that you can secure your data more easily, right? So you can, you know, use like key vault or encryption, you know, all of those things are already, already baked into those services. And, and in many cases, it's just like a menu item, just check them off. Hey, do you want extra security? Check, you know, introduce, you know, introduce this service as part of your workflow, you know, check. So those are, you know, just some of the main things that I like to look at from an infrastructure perspective, uh, since that's my background is, you know, how easy is it to integrate those things into your application that you would normally have to be building yourself and managing and maintaining yourself, which you would already have with the cloud. So that's, that in itself, considering how much time and effort and money that would take to bake that in um, and the time to market, right? So how quickly can I deploy this in the cloud versus what would it would take to do on-premise? And typically the cloud, the cloud always wins, right? Unless you already have that already, already built on-prem, which most, most people do not. Right, Drew, and I, I think what is also interesting in, in what you're starting to get into already is, is this idea of the application being cloud native and microservices. So not only are we looking at the entire application and saying, should we put the entire application in the cloud or on-prem? If we've split that application into many pieces, then we can look at each piece and, you know, determine if it's better to run that on-prem or in the cloud. Say you want to keep, you know, the cart functionality that's going to grab um, credit card data. We want to keep that on-prem while well, we'll put the front end, the web server in the cloud so it can scale up and scale down with web traffic. Are, are you starting to see that where uh, customers are taking little pieces of each application and, and putting them in a hybrid world, so to speak? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's one of the biggest use cases that, that I see, especially when you're trying to integrate some sort of legacy system. So in that, in that example, let's also introduce like integrating into like a warehouse management system. Well, you're nine times out of 10, you're going to have your warehouse management system like an AS400 still on-prem because you want it local to your warehouse so they can operate if they need to in an outage. But how do you then integrate that into your, your application, right? So you still need like that web app where your customer can go to order something, right? So you still need that high availability, that global reach. But then you don't want to have to overhaul your complete AS400 system, which you probably have had for 20 years, right? So it, it, it does it does its thing very, very well. Um, but then you're, you need to break apart your application and say, okay, I need to go, you know, 
into my warehouse management system to say, hey, so-and-so ordered this, you know, go create a pick order so that that order gets picked, gets shipped out to where it needs to go. So that, that little process though can be turned into a function that can be used as a microservice to say, okay, every time that you see this thing, you know, something that gets ordered from your shopping cart, go send it to my AS400, AS400 will pick it up and do what it needs to do to do the process that, that order. So the more that you can break apart those pieces, those microservices, the easier it is to also to reuse that and or to use it in other, other areas or other functions. So now we're getting into the part of reusability into your, into your application. So that also makes it easier to say, okay, we need to upgrade or we need to make a change to that. Well, it's a lot easier to change that little tiny service instead of overhauling your entire, your warehouse management system and your, you know, typical front end web servers and middle tiers and whatnot. So in that way, yes, you, you can become more agile faster, able to respond quicker uh, with less downtime by breaking apart those, those microservices apart. Um, not to mention security and um, you know, performance and et cetera. So yes, we are definitely starting to see that more and more so. Um, you know, these, these days of making these very large, very monolithic applications are, I, I haven't seen that, that done in years. I've, I've definitely been part of many of those. Um, but yeah, to see that shift now is is very refreshing, uh, since the you know they can move quicker. Uh, it doesn't take years upon years upon years and millions of dollars to build these applications. Now they can do them much more much more quickly, um, and and respond faster to what the customers are asking for. That makes sense. And so that's I mean a lot of benefits that you've just rattled off. What are you know, what are some of the risks that might exist in going that direction? On the surface, when, you know, when you start to describe what microservices are and, and going towards cloud native, it sounds complex. You know, what, if any, are some of the challenges there? Uh, make sure your eyes are not bigger than your stomach. So don't, don't try to bite off more than you can chew. Uh, start small, start easy. Uh, get some wins under your belt. So pick off something that's not going to be, you know, absolutely mission critical, <laughs> you know, so make sure that you have, a lot of it comes down to the culture as well, is, you know, what's the appetite for some of the business departments to start, um, start maturing, start adopting more of these cloud services. And they don't even have to know that, right? So if I'm a business owner, I, I don't care. I don't, I don't care how you do it. You just do it. Right. I, I don't want impact to my availability or downtime, but if you're going to be doing something that's going to make it better. Okay, great. Um, but make sure that you are doing something that you're, you're not going to necessarily fail at, you know, failure is always an option, but you want to make sure that you're managing your risk appropriately um, to show that there, there, you can have wins that you can have these gains um, you know, with minimal impact. So in other words, start small, build it up over time until you are ready to start tackling some of the more complex, um, you know, services. And, and, you know, you also have to be learning yourselves. Your team has to be learning, you know, as you mature, as you get better, you know, you can start tackling more, uh, more larger, more complex projects. That makes sense. And so, I mean, if we look at, at those benefits that we see, I mean, even knowing that you have to kind of bite off one chunk at a time and, and eat, eat the elephant one bite at a time, um, but studies are showing that 
clients or organizations who are, are going towards cloud native, who are utilizing the cloud with loosely coupled architecture are being more agile. They provide better customer experience. They're disrupting industries in a lot of situations, maybe ones that we didn't really think were uh, heavily rooted in technology initially. I was surprised to find that retail is, is one of the most competitive technology landscapes there. So with that, would it be fair to say that maybe one of the largest risks related to cloud native is not doing anything at all? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, if anything we've learned over the last few months, the ability to be agile and be able to respond quickly is becoming, um, is, is what's making the difference between those who succeed and those who do not. Um, so not embracing cloud services and being agile is going to be very detrimental to just the overall success of a, you know, of a company organization. Um, you know, ones who are in, especially in competitive industries, right? So, um, but you are, you're seeing it throughout. You're seeing it throughout as more companies have to increase their digital velocity to be able to adapt more quickly. Um, and it's, I mean, you're seeing it across the board. So retail is an excellent example. I mean, that's probably one of the most competitive industries there are because now you're servicing customers, you know, from wherever, you know, everybody's ordering everything online. Um, you know, if you don't have that, you know, what, you know, what, what's your options, uh, you know, telephone. <laughs> so, so just be able to utilize some of those services um, and to be able to respond or respond more quickly uh, is, is going to make or break. I mean, it has already made or broken a lot of companies. Um, yeah. So we're, we're definitely seeing a very high adoption of cloud services over the last few months much more so than the previous years you know, before. Um, and it is customers who are modernizing. They are utilizing cloud services, microservices, um, and they're converting. So they're converting away from your typical on-premise data center uh, to cloud because it does give that ability for them to scale up and scale down, but also to be able to use whatever services that they need. Um, and besides the fact that uh, they get away from purchasing hardware. Uh, they get away from a physical data center location, uh, which is not necessary necessary as much anymore either. Yeah, Drew, I, and I don't think that that trend is going to stop, right? The adoption of cloud, the companies wanting to be more agile. I think those are trends that we're going to continue to see. Uh, is there anything else that you sort of see on the horizon out there maybe – I don't know, five years out, sort of a larger trend that you're looking towards with cloud just sort of in general? I mean, if we're going to use an, any indicator, uh, you know, the past uh, seven, eight months is, is, is probably a very good indication of what we can expect to see. Uh, five years for me, that's, that's hard, to, it's hard to see, uh, considering how quickly cloud, cloud moves. Um, you know, even I think within a year, I, I think we're going to see a lot more adoption of of just services. You know, the, the lift and shifts, we're doing a lot of lift and shifts, but that's usually the first step. That's the first step into using more cloud. Um, so as those, as those VMs get, get shifted up to cloud, the next step after that is, okay, how can we start breaking them apart? How can we start utilizing services? So, I mean, really the ultimate shift is to modernize microservice 
everything, containerize, whatever, automate as much as you can. Um, that's where I think the, the biggest opportunity um, for everybody is, is, is in automation. Because uh, once you start utilizing uh, microservices, um, you know, within a cloud, it's, it's a lot easier to automate those steps. It's a lot easier to automate a lot of that, those touches that used to happen. Um, so if anything, you're going to see a shift in the need for different type of skills. So you're going to see a shift away from the typical, you know, server huggers uh, and, you know, have a, a much bigger need for, um, especially like developers, even infrastructure as code engineers, uh, you know, automation specialists, um, AI, data scientists. I mean, this, this really is where the shift is going to happen is where the skills are going to need um, as, as the adoption of cloud continues. Um, and there's still going to be stuff that's going to be kept on-prem, you know, as I mentioned. So there's always going to be that hybridness somehow. Um, so we're not always going to be able to get away from having everything on-prem. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of those areas that we've talked about, infrastructures, code, AI, automation, those, those are really the big, big areas which you're going to see a lot more interest and in, in demand around. Yeah, sorry, Drew. I, uh, I've been in the technology business for probably 10 years now and shame on me for asking you uh, what's going to happen in five years. That's, that's my bad. <laughs> Although if you knew that would be great, that would be great for, for everyone. We're all going to have flying cars and uh, just wear VR goggles the entire time. So yeah, Ex exactly. We'll be optimistic <laughs> about it. No. So uh, you bring up a good point and I think that's, that's a good place to leave it. Uh, this is a, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of changes happening, um, some that have been accelerated recently. So I think that's a good place. Maybe we have you back on in six months um, or just have you come on on a regular basis so we can continue to stay close to the cloud story and how cloud is helping uh, IT organizations with uh, DevOps. Yeah, absolutely. It was good chatting with you. Cool. Thank you. So um, Drew, appreciate it again. This is Rachel and Mitch signing off for Simplifying DevOps. Thanks for listening with us here at Simplifying DevOps. We hope you tune in for more episodes as we continue to dive down this path of all things DevOps and understand more about the paradigm shift that we've seen revolutionize the IT world. Mm -hmm.